Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night, as it is each and every single week here at Talk Junkies. Last week, Johnny and I hit it off, uh, had a very interesting conversation about inflation and our thoughts on that with the 1%, and we got into a little bit of uh, just wage, or what is a living wage, automation with jobs, stuff like that. And we kind of gave, you know, what what we would do in that situation and what we think should happen, not saying that it's right. Tune in last week to last week's podcast and uh, tell us what you think. But anywho, we got a, a guest on this evening. It's been a while since we've had this guest on. He's been on multiple times. He's written multiple books. It's always a pleasure to have this gentleman on Talk Junkies. He's one of the OG3 to ever even be, or sorry, he was one of the very first guests we ever had on Talk Junkies. But any, anyhow, Mike Anderson, how are you doing, sir? Thanks again for joining. Great. Thanks for inviting me back. It's a pleasure. Thanks in Ohio are well? Yes. Very nice. Getting to be spring. Beautiful thing. It's about time. Yep. Yeah. Um, are you currently writing right now or still, yeah. and you're still no, doing editing book four. Very nice. So publish date soon. Mid year. Mid year. Okay. Very nice. What is, uh, I don't know if you can say it. What is book four called again? It's called, um, twilight of the American experiment subtitle without moral, um, balance the Republican will fall. Okay. Very interesting. It's a mouthful. We can't have have tribalism and one point of view dominating. We have to work together for the sake of the country. Gotcha. Which I agree with 100%. Absolutely. I'm actually very excited that you were one of our first guests because you kind of built the foundation, for me at least, on understanding what's actually happening within our society right now with tribalism and just the way that it all works. So I'm very thankful to have met you, Mike. And again, you know, it's just putting the pieces together and trying to understand how we all get along. So I'm excited for this fourth book that you have coming, man. We'll definitely have you on and we'll talk about that when that, when that day comes, but I know you want to get into something a little bit different tonight. Um, It no longer seems, I mean, COVID's kind of went to the wayside in my opinion Um, You don't really hear about it much anymore. I know in China, it's still pretty aggressive. People are still getting locked down. Supposedly, there's more cases than there were at the offset. Like, China just a couple of weeks ago hit their, like, highest record total for cases ever in 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 a certain amount of time. Whatever. The cases were higher than they ever were in the past for a certain given point of, you know, period of time. Yeah. So, hopefully, that doesn't happen here in the States. But anywho, um, it seems as if this war in, in with Russia and Ukraine has kind of taken over uh, all mainstream media outlets, YouTube, any any social media platform. This is kind of what's taken over TikTok, all that stuff, man. You want to get into that tonight? So kind of shed a little bit of light. Um, I'm not entirely too sure. I should I should know these things, but I don't know really what's going on and why it's happening. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, I mean the. Bottom line is that Russia attacked Ukraine. Um, one of the reasons for that is Ukraine is a democracy. It's a former Soviet Republic. And so when Soviet Union fell in 1990, uh, several components of it be- became separate countries. And they were countries before the Soviet Union or were part of old Russia. But like the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania were separate countries. Then they became part of the Soviet Union. Then when that collapsed, they became separate countries again. They're part of NATO, which is very key to understand because NATO is a very unified 
military counterbalance to the old Soviet Union. So, but Ukraine, I don't think was ever on its own, but when the Soviet Union collapsed, it, it, is, it has an ethnic population that is not Russian. Um, I mean, they speak Russian, I'm sure, but it's not Russian. So <clears throat> they formed a democracy and they've been a democracy since 1990 and not part of NATO, but sort of a, in a buffer zone between Russia and Western Europe. So, um, but, and, and, and part of this has to do with Putin's change in behavior. I mean, he's basically, he rose to power in the late 1990s when the uh, remnants of the old Soviet Union started to reconstitute itself. And it um, adapted a Western psychology and economic policy and stuff and improved its relationships with the West and all that. Um, but it's gone through several stages since the late 1990s. The, and the latest one is paranoia, feeling that the West is too powerful and getting too close and wants to take over Russia, which it doesn't, but that's the feeling there. So it does not, uh, Russia does not like the idea of Ukraine being a democracy that close next to it. Um, and so they've basically whittled away at Ukraine for the past, let's see, seven years, seven years ago, they attacked the Crimea, which is Ukrainian territory and took it over. Then in the last three years, they took over part of Eastern Ukraine, the Chechen region, which is, has, you know, you may have heard of the Chechen rebels, their native uh, ethnic group that live in that part of Ukraine who want to be part of Russia. So they revolted and Russia is now occupying part of that. So it's dividing Ukraine into pieces over seven years and now attacking it um, to destroy it, basically. Um, I'm interested in your guys feeling about it and not from, you know, when we were talking earlier, you know, you, you said you don't know a lot about it. I'm not really interested in what you know about it. I'm interested in your reaction to it because it's been decades since there's been a war like this. And I want your reaction to bombing hospitals, bombing schools, bombing kindergartens, killing civilians, which is, you know, the worst thing that human beings can do. And now it's all on TV. So there was never, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or any other kind of media coverage to a war like this. And, you know, you mentioned tribalism. Uh, I think this is really, you know, I said in the, my tribalism book, at the last chapter is what could end tribalism. One of the things that could end it is America becoming more united. And this is really something that is united. And it's very early in to say that the country is united. Obviously, there's a lot of tribalism still, but there's elements that um, both sides share in dealing with this war. 
I mean, the corporations putting sanctions on Russia, pulling their businesses out, a lot of those corporations are, are left-leaning. They're progressive or woke or whatever, but they're doing what a conservative would do or would agree with. So, you know, there's not, I don't think there are many people who favor genocide and murder of innocent people. And so that's a uniting factor. Um, the other thing I would say about it that is interesting is it puts life in perspective. You know, there's all these uh, conversations about um, various minu minority groups and disadvantaged groups and stuff like that and defund the police, you know, all these things that you've read about. But when it comes down to it, those are maybe s things that are unfair and maybe there's some um, bigotry. I mean, there definitely is some racism in the country. I don't think the whole country is racist, but there is some. But when you look at living versus dying, those things get real and are more important. So it's fortunate for all of us that Europe and the United States and most democracies are united against Russia because everybody that everybody agrees that it's evil and it should be stopped as quickly as possible. So I see a consensus across the country about that one issue, which is something that both sides have in common. No, absolutely. That was, that was my initial reaction to first seeing it is this is ridiculous. Like, uh, human beings harming other human beings is just a, a terrible thing. Um, so, so to see that going on, I'm, I'm like, this is, this is not okay. Like it, my, my initial thought was how much greed and power does Putin need? And it's immediate hatred towards Putin, which I'm sure that there's other people involved, but he's like the, uh, the, the face of, of this whole thing. He can't be the only body, the only, the only person involved in the whole thing, but he's, he's the right. face of it. And this, all this hatred to being like, how much do you need? And, and also knowing the background on Putin a little bit uh, from watching various documentaries and stuff like that, he's not a good guy. He's, he's a dictator, um, even though technically not a dictator because he's been, you know, the, the corrupt elections and everything that he's had. And also just knowing people's, even before um, this happened with Ukraine, knowing how much the Russians hate, hate their leader and that they had no say in it. So it's just all around uh, just frustration of of what what's what's going on and it's a terrible thing and just for, for me as as an individual like why why even why do you need to do this like what's what's any kind of purpose like why do you need to gain so much power why are you harming other people who are freely doing you know what what they want to do have their democracy do this why why are why do you have to come in and be an asshole basically that right. that was that was my initial thought to the whole thing and and that it's terrible and 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 man, I don't know if it's super media driven or whatever, but it's it's very much like also the other things like they're not just attacking military. It's it's very much like like what you were talking about. Well, civilians like, and all kinds of civilians like girls getting raped. There's there's all these things coming out. It, it's a total it, it's it's terrible. War. It's, it's like, yeah, it's it's war at, at at its worst that's happening over there. It's not just military people dying. It's 
everyday people. You see the pictures with mothers with, um, you know, some kind of AK on their back with a clip, and then they have the the yellow band around their arm carrying their children, you know, to places, and people being separated from their families because of this. And it's such a it, it's it's an awful, ter- terrible thing. That's that's my reaction to it. Is is that my initial gut reaction? Uh, was and I'm not a big. Oh, hold on. Oh, whoa. Mike, you still there? Hello. Oh, I think we lost Mike. Oh man, that's cool. Well, I'll, I'll save it. We'll just get him back on. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't want to. I I don't want to just have down airtime, but I also don't want to talk about what I'm going to say because it's a response to Mike. Um. So yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to fill it with anything because this is actually very serious. Yeah. I, well, I do have I have one thing I would say, which is I disagree, and I would tell Mike this too. I disagree a tiny, tiny bit, small amount, with what he said about like putting into perspective the struggles that people are dealing with over here. For example, the bigotry and racism and the class war and a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. Because I don't think that it's okay to ignore one evil because a greater evil is happening. I okay. I don't think in my personal opinion it's not okay to be like I, I don't think it's ever okay I to be he, like you don't have it as and I don't think he meant it that way wasn't but he I just talking more of a uniting thing and as yeah, far as tribalism y- goes y- he yes. was like man this is really going to but he said that it put it in he put it he said that it man there was something he said at the beginning about it about it like putting it in perspective or something like that and I dis- <coughs> I disagree with that as far as yes, obviously people dying is way worse than what's happening over here. But I think that when you compare things like that, there's always a greater evil. It's like taking someone with like going through a divorce or depression or some shit and saying, look, you don't have it as bad because you still have both your arms. Like you can't just because someone doesn't have as bad as someone else doesn't mean their problems aren't still important. You know what I mean? So obviously everything that's happening in Ukraine and Russia, absolutely terrible. Absolutely God awful, but I don't think it gives us the right to just ignore. Okay, but now, Phil. Okay, you back? I'm, What's up? Yep, yep. Okay, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if my was my internet connection. Not sure. Yeah, it happens. We'll put the blame okay. on you, Mike. Yeah, it was <laughs> we'll put the blame end. on you. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Uh, so my initial gut reaction was. And I'm not a big proponent of sending out uh, the U.S. military to every little thing. I think that it's kind of crazy. My opinion, I think that it's kind of crazy that we're in like two thirds or a little over two thirds of the world's countries that we have troops stationed there all the time and stuff like that's that's kind of nuts to me. It's insane. I think that it's not our job to the police the world, and I think we get involved in too much. But at the same time, that being said, I think it's crazy. It's crazy to me that we haven't gotten involved. And some people are saying, oh, it's because they're not a part of NATO when, I mean, like Ukraine's been trying, as far as I've heard, to be a part of NATO. I don't know all the details. I'm not well educated on enough. I don't know why they're not a part, but I feel like they've been trying to be a part of NATO. And regardless of whether they are a part of NATO or not, isn't it the, not even socially responsible, isn't it the, like the humanitarian responsible thing to assist in situations like these? Is For he, example, like World he, War World War II, just all these different things. There's so many different things where I'm like, it's kind of your human responsibility that if you have the ability to, to assist. Haven't, 
doesn't America have a really good track record of only getting to wars whenever it's like when beneficial? it benefits us? Yeah, when, when it benefits beneficial? us. Anyway, I'll leave that. Uh, or so we that was attacked. Japan attacked us, and that started World War Two. Well, well, yeah, you, for okay, you, yeah, but I'm mean, not just that though. I mean, just I, I think it's weird that we don't like. Like I said, I'm one of the first people who is against us getting involved in most things that we get involved in. I truly am. I think we get involved in too much. But I'm like, this is one of those things that if everything they're saying is true, once again, not well educated on the subject, but if everything that I'm hearing is true, then why aren't we? Because this is something where we should be. Because I think that would trigger World War III. I mean, and, but once again, there's a certain, I, man, there's that certain aspect of, is the fear of repercussion too much to, like, if you're letting the fear of repercussion affect your ability to be humanitarian or to give a shit about other people, then that's shitty on you. If that makes any, did I word that right? Like, does that make, like if you're, if you're scared to get involved because of the retaliation and because you want stuff to be okay with where you're at, when there are terrible, terrible, terrible things happening to other people, then that says a lot about you too. I get that there's that survival instinct, not just on a person, but as a country, we don't want world war three. We don't want nukes. We don't want all this. But that whole, oh, we don't negotiate with terrorist attitude at the same time. Like, it's the same thing where we don't negotiate. Where Like, if bad stuff is happening, you help. Regardless of what the, what the fallback might be on you. Well, we're, we're trying to help, but it's a very fine line to walk. I mean, well, I'm not, yeah, has, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. NATO has a uh, article called Article 5 that says, if one is attacked, all will defend. Mm-hmm. So if anybody attacked... If, if Russia attacked Estonia or Poland, every all of NATO would respond and attack back, re- retaliate. Okay. But we're short of that because Ukraine isn't in NATO. And so there's a very fine line to walk. But man, that One feels like they, such a cop-out to me. Sorry to interrupt you. That just feels like such sure. a cop-out that just because they're not, we're like, no, we can't do it. Well, we don't know Putin's mental state. And he has nukes. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to be very careful there. No one, we're the only country that ever used nukes in war. And those two bombs we dropped on Japan that ended World War II scared the hell out of the world. And those were puny bombs compared to what they have now. Oh, yeah. So no one has wanted to start a chain of chain reaction that causes nukes to fly, I mean, toward us and toward the Soviet Union. So, um, but, and, and, you know, if we were fighting a non-nuclear country, I mean, if, if Russia attacked, well, no, let's say, I don't know, Ukraine attacked Poland. Ukraine doesn't have nukes then we might be more active because we're not, the ante is not raised to the point of using nukes, really. Um, the, the other comment that's relevant here is we've been trying to develop uh, Ukraine as an ally, but their government is very corrupt. And so it has been historically. And so there's all this stuff about, you know, Obama didn't give him any weapons or Trump didn't give him any weapons or whatever and all that and fighting back and forth between the left and right about that. But 
I mean, I understand that part of the reason Obama didn't give weapons is because they, they said, if you clean the country up, we'll give you weapons. So they didn't clean it up. And I, and I'm not saying that it's either completely as corrupt as it was or cleaned up or anything. I'm just saying that that was an issue to us because we wanted a tit for tat, you know, we'll help you economically. We'll help you protect yourself, but you got to, you know, run a democracy that's fair for the people. So do you think you could name a, a government today? That's, that's free of corruption. No, there isn't, there isn't one. See, that's, that's, well, yeah, that's like, kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, man, every, I do understand, everything. I do understand the nuclear tightrope though, that you're walking. I agree with that, that, that thin line there that you want to be careful to cross. Like, I understand that aspect of it. The whole Ukraine not making it in because they didn't do exactly what we want, clean up and all that. I'm like, that's so insanely like from, from our, like from our country, so insanely like hypocritical, you know, that I'm like, uh, I don't know about all that. Well, what? But we're sending them everything we got. That is the reason we didn't send them more stuff before. Gotcha. Because the deal was help, you know, clean yourself up and we'll, we'll protect you basically. And so here we are, unfortunately. Um, but nobody know. I mean, the other thing about Putin is he's a master manipulator. I mean, he's an ex KGB big shot. And so he knows how to threaten people. He's a bully. But when a bully is threatening you, where, at what point do you call him on it? Do you call him on it by, you know, putting a no-fly zone in Ukraine and risking shooting down Russian jets and starting World War III? So will he not do that? On the other hand, he's killing, bombing hospitals and killing innocent people. So if you do that, wouldn't you launch a nuke, maybe? I mean, it's it's a scary scenario where you're not dealing with a person that you can understand. You know, most people, if you're, you know, arguing with them, if it's a leader of another country and you disagree, like China or whatever, whoever it might be, you can set ground rules for the disagreement. Okay, we don't like China stealing our intellectual property, or we don't like this or that or the other thing, but you can lay out the rules and say, here are the ways we agree and here are the ways we disagree with Putin. There isn't anything like that. I mean, you can't, there's no stable set of principles that you can work on together to try and improve. I mean, he feels that Russia is being encroached upon by the West with the idea of taking over Russia. And that's what, that's a historical Russian philosophy. So and we don't we don't understand it because we know we're not trying to take it over, but they they don't understand it. So I'm just curious, though, and this is a little bit of my thoughts, but a question when we did drop the bombs in Hiroshima and, st- and those two nuclear those two nuclear bombs or whatever. I don't think that it in that moment, the United States really had any intentions of not killing innocent and civilian people at that time. No, they knew they killed people. The only yeah. reason they dropped those bombs, Paul, is to make the war end faster. But because what, they, it ended do. up saving lives. You're, you're talking what, about it, ending up saving it, lives. The, the greater the, evil kind but, of thing. But still, innocent, still terrible. But. Innocent people died, hospitals, children, schools, yeah. what what have you. I think the, the ultimate problem is is that at time of war, and, and it seems like with the human population, there will always be war, no matter what. 
I know we've debated here on the podcast what a, a World War III would look like and whether that would be more of a technological war as opposed to boots on the ground, people dying type of thing. But you're seeing this, and you're seeing innocent people die in a time of war. That it just that always seems to be the common the common Which, thing. And you think we would get past it, but us being humans, we really don't, and we just continue to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. I'm not defending what they're doing, but this is just what happens in war, and it's unfortunate, and I'm with you, Mike. It's good to see people on the left and right come together in the United States on this. Um, but again, I'm with Johnny, too. It's just like we can't butt into everyone's problems. Like We obviously have interest in Ukraine. I'd be curious to know if it's oil or what, what have you. I know we, we've tried to help them build a democracy, but at what cost? You had Joe Biden there when Obama was president, and he had the quid, the quid pro quo. I know I'm not saying that right. There you are. Where he, he, you know, he was threatening them and all that other stuff. So what's, what's the true interest that we have in Ukraine? And these are all questions that are beyond my head. And it's just unfortunate that poor civilians or middle-class civilians, or even people who have money there are feeling the repercussions of men who are in war at, with each other. And these people don't want to be part of it. The thing I think makes this difference is they were attacked for no reason. They were attacked because Russia was, why did we go to Afghanistan? Huh? Why did we go to Afghanistan? Weapons or Iraq? Weapons of mass well, destruction? Well, it was 9-11. That was 9-11. Well, which, we unless you're talking about Desert Storm no, with I'm Bill Clinton's about, I'm, administration. I'm talking about when Bush said we invaded Iraq because they had weapons of mass destruction. Right. And they went in there, they didn't find any because we had other interests. So we went there for no reason. We went into their country, we invaded it. That's going for, on a little different path. No, I'm saying, he's saying that they're, they feel attacked for no reason. We went into, am I right in saying well, Iraq? Paul, Paul, makes, Paul makes a valid point. It was, it was, yeah, no. We went in there because they had oil or poppy fields or what have you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we did the same thing. So, so what you're saying is you think that you're comparing the exact same thing. So it's equal. America going to the Middle East and Afghanistan is the same thing as what Putin's doing, it, it, Russia's doing with me, the Ukraine. And again, I've, I haven't really looked into it, but based on the conversation that we're having, it just feels very similar. I'd actually agree with you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but the one thing that's different is there are two layers of war. There's fighting between armies, and then there's civilian casualties. And there's a difference between bombing military institutions and bombing hospitals. There were that's some instances. Typical. There were some instances where the United States, with drone footage, killed some innocent people. Granted, it was. On I don't accident. think we ever targeted like hospitals or anything. For though. sure, but uh, granted, it may have been an accident. But there are videos out there where innocent yeah. people have died, which is you know collateral well, there's, damage. There's so we have. Unfortunately, there's collateral damage in war, no doubt about it in every war. But this appears to be a, tar a purposeful effort to destroy, well, to terrorize and destroy the civilian population to get Ukraine to surrender. That's what it feels like. No, and, and, and you think you think this is all out of Putin being basically afraid of change? The fact that, like, I'm, I'm a believer in, in like, democracy and being able to vote in leaders and having a place in society, like, everybody everybody's vote matters and everything. And it's his fear of being taken out of power, basically, that he needed to oh. act first. Um, or, he's, or he's defending his country's interests because he feels that Russia is under, basically, economic attack and... And whatever my, my big or thing feels is, that or but, feels that it, Ukraine no. is potentially still. I always a think it's part of yeah. Like he feels like they they didn't have the right to leave. That Ukraine belongs to Russia. Like if California or Texas were to secede from us, 
And then 10 years later, we're like, no, you're still a part of us. Just because it went yep, well yep. for you at the time, because you revolted and you got away, we still own you. This is, this is, my, this is my question here. Is it, is it really Russia's, in Russia's best interest to be doing this, or is it in Putin's best interest to be doing this? It's in, That's it's two in very Putin's, separate things. Well, it's in Putin's because you probably read they passed a law two weeks ago in Russia that if you say anything against the government, you go to jail for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So they've, I've, I've seen a bunch of videos on that. Which they were already there, doing there, anyways. There was, a girl, there was a girl that was making a joke about it that, that I saw online that was holding up a sign that had no words on it, and she yeah. got arrested just because you don't even need words written on anything because you know yeah. what you know what you're talking about. And it's every, almost every like laughable how terrible it is. Every objective journalist is leading, leaving Russia because you can't afford to write your columns or your stories. You're going mm -hmm. to jail. So they're suppressing all dissent. And so 100% of what the Russian population hears over the media is the party line. So there is no, since there is no dissent, there is no, I mean, what they hear is that Ukraine attacked them. So they entered Ukraine to protect themselves. So where are we at? I mean, where are we at right now? It's been a few weeks into it now, and I know that they have invaded a few of the cities. How successful is Russia in taking over Ukraine right now? And I, I don't well, mean successful in a good way. Sorry, in the dirt terms. How? Where yeah, are we at? No, no, we all we all knew what you meant. That didn't sound bad. Yep. Or anything. They have a lot, very large number of. Uh, Soldiers there, 150 to 175,000. It's a very large army, much bigger than Ukraine. But Ukraine is putting up a good fight because they, it's their home country, their democracy, and they're willing to fight for their lives to protect it. Which is what happens most of the time with any kind of like you. We talked about it even with Afghanistan with like insurgents or whatever. It is, yeah. it is hard to invade any country because at that point, you have made not only the military against you, but every citizen. It's different yeah. when the war is overseas, but when the war comes home, now every citizen is also a soldier. So you're, you're not fighting the army, you're fighting the country, like every citizen, which is, sucks, but that is what it is. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talk about that. that you know, I mentioned 175,000. If you had 175,000 man army, you couldn't even control Kiev, Kiev, which is the capital, mm -hmm. because you can't. You would there would have be an urban insurgency with snipers in every window picking off Russian soldiers. The 175,000 isn't enough. If this is a f city of four million, the, like that's Chicago. The the best. Perfect. Yeah, no, no, that's perfect. Chicago. The best way to look at it is if if Russia invaded New York or Kansas City, or any if they invaded the entire East Coast, do you think that the citizens on the East Coast, sure, you would have some leave, you would have some give up, but do you think that every citizen is just going to be like, no, I don't want to be involved? No, they're trying to protect their home. Like, us here in America, you would have... Some people get offended, and you go, no, you're not going to do this. Exactly. Like, you would have, like he just said, you'd have, you'd have, snipers, in, you'd have snipers in windows, you'd have people living in a house just like this, barricaded and ready to go. Now, ready just, to fight back. Now, just as a quick side note, I hope as far as like all the, the gun laws talk and taking away people's guns thing, I hope that this registers yeah. uh, pretty clearly to American citizens about whether or not their gun should be taken away. Being able to arm yourself and de defend yourself from foreign and domestic. 
enemies. Anyway, that's just a little side note. No two way talks are happening right now. I'll tell you yeah, that. that that I've that I've thought about as far as oh, you want to take away people's guns? You see what's happening over there? Anyway, just a little side note that I've thought about. Probably so, shouldn't disarm the people. I wanted they, to ask they, about my bad. No, 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 no. You're good. I'm actually. I wanted to ask about what is the situation right now with like because we just talked about that there are definitely citizens fighting back, but at the same time there are citizens uh, either surrendering or leaving or fleeing or whatever. What is the, oh my God, I just had the word in my head and I can't think of it now. What is it called? When, what is the refugee situation right now? Are there countries around Ukraine taking any Ukrainian refugees? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There have been two, two and a half million Ukrainians have uh escaped to other countries one and a half million of the two and a half million went to poland okay and then the the other million went to a variety of countries hungary romania and the the country countries that border on ukraine gotcha. so they they went west and crossed the border and now they're being cared for and the uh, i was gonna say and these countries are taking them in yeah yep, okay yep. okay no that's good that's good I was just, I was curious. I didn't know the whole, that, that situation. So to me, I just, I don't know. And that's just kind of where it's weird for me. If Putin's only going to send in 175,000 troops and it's a population of 4 million, 2 million have left, there's still 2 million people there. It's a big territory. Uh, I mean, it's just 43 million people live there. Oh, 43 million. Sorry. 44 uh, million live in Kiev. Oh, Kiev. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I just, to me, that doesn't really seem like, I mean, like I feel like he would have a better, type of war plan as opposed to just sending in a well, small... Well, there's probably way more than 175,000 troops, too. Yeah. No, I get it. I just... I don't know. We, we got, we're pretty good with our satellites estimating well, the I mean, amount of... Well, I mean, currently. I'm saying in, like, in reserves, though. So well, I, there, I, just, There's been a lot of talk about that, that the Russians were not prepared. They thought it would be very easy, and they thought they'd be welcomed with open arms by the Ukrainians. Hey, we're happy to have you here. Oh, well, I hope that's the case. I hope they were incredibly underprepared. Well, I hope they, that that's they true. talk about the fact, I mean, the tanks, some of the tanks and other equipment hadn't been used for years because they've been not spending money on keeping the military updated. I saw so, video, videos of Ukrainian farmers dragging off broken tanks, literally dragging yeah. off uh, Russian, like broken Russian tanks. They're they're technically ranked now as far as military power, just the farmers, right? Of the of the Ukraine because <laughs> Maybe, of the I don't amount know. of tanks. That might have been a meme. There was a, a Russian tank for sale on eBay for two hundred forty million that somebody somebody stole or something. Nice. <laughs> More props that's to him. Hilarious. Fight fight back. Yeah. You should fight back. No, and I think that's a big question everybody's gotta ask themselves. How would you feel if somebody just came in and was like, No, this used to be ours and we're gonna like come into your homeland and we've all seen Red Dawn, and even if not the original, then I the haven't new one. seen that movie actually. My yeah, bad, I like it. Yeah, the I whole I mean, Russia it. or North. I think in the new one they changed it because we once again we didn't want to piss off Russia. So in the new the reimagining that came out in 2012 or 2008 or whenever the fuck it was, I'm bad with time, but the reimagining it was supposed to be Russian and like last minute they changed it all to North Korean. So it was supposed to be Russia invading the U.S. and they changed it to North Korea invading the U.S. because we didn't want to piss off Russia. Can I get remember, remember me made, mentioning earlier how Putin has gone through two or three, um, he's evolved two or three times since he took over. And the period before 2008 was the be friends with the West, be like the West, 
improve your economy, the lifestyle rate, you know, build a middle class in Russia and all that stuff. But then when the Great Recession came in 2008, the Russian economy totally collapsed. So they lost the ability to seek that goal. And so Putin did an about face and, and started looking at, well, if we can't do be part of the West, let's rebuild the Soviet Union. So that's, you know, that's fundamental to understanding this, him taking different philosophy, and then him looking at the former, former Soviet republics. Gee, they're really, they're being separate is not legitimate. They were part of us for all this time, and they should be part of us again. And in order for Russia to recover its powerful status that it had before the, it collapsed in 1990, we need to get those countries back as part of us. That's probably the best way to put it, honestly. Like when we were asking earlier, like, why is it being done? He feel what is Putin thinking? That's probably the best answer right there is that, hey, rebuild our way of lifestyle, rebuild the USSR, whatever, and like, let's reabsorb these countries. And like you said, it sounds like they kind of thought that it'd be welcomed with open arms because they're like, hey, life's not good for you guys in Ukraine, right? Well, join on back up, you know, like let's do this, let's unite and be the USSR again or something like that. That's not how you go about... No, I know. I'm not saying that's how you go about you. doing it. I just... but Yeah, what they what they didn't understand is that if you give people freedom, they don't want to give it up. Yeah. Why don't you give them that? So. Goddamn right. Uh, I'd be interested to, <clears throat> to know... I mean, just... I've seen a lot of videos. It's just obviously flooding the internet and stuff. Uh, it's stuff in that so nature. So hard to know what's real and what's Ex- not exactly, real. Too. Exactly. Because we all know that you necessarily can't trust the mainstream media for what we watch, you know, whatever six major news corporations you see. And, and not even that, just people on YouTube, you're getting all these videos, all these TikToks. I mean, it, it's not just Russia, the shit that's going on in China, like we brought up earlier. There's so many videos and you just don't really know, you know? I mean, like, what was it in Syria whenever we a few years ago when we were there and they were, they said that, uh, you know, CNN played this clip of like, Oh, this is, you know, the, the insurgents killing innocent people in Syria. And it, and it showed a video. It was actually a gun range in like North Carolina yeah. and they buffed the video and it, and it, it was in Kentucky. I in Kentucky, I yeah. Kentucky. You know, yeah. and so, I mean like, and that stuff still exists today and those things still happen. And it's just, I'm not discounting anything that's happening in Ukraine, but it's just like to see the full picture or the true story. It's like, you have to be there. It's and hard to, to know. Right. I, I think there's enough of the narrative there to... No, I believe that... The, I, it's not one of those like, oh, I don't know, man. Is, no, like, yeah, I, like I believe there's war happening and yeah, yeah, I believe yeah, no. that innocent people I'm are just dying. Saying, to the extent where I don't think we'll truly ever know because it's so hard to tell what is real and what's not, especially on the internet and from what we're... If you're getting your information from these news corporations is what I'm saying. Even TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, like they filter... You know they. You know what I'm saying. When you get all your information from these types of organizations, they have a narrative that they want you to see. Even YouTube. Even we, YouTube. We, yeah. we might get. You know, if we're if we're not on par with their narrative, this video will get pulled down. Exactly. So that's that oh, also what, makes it more. It makes it hard to understand what's truly going on over there. Yeah, but how you have to solve that problem, Paul, is you have to figure out who are the source news sources you can rely on and and pay attention to them, and I, and. That I recall that we talked about in one previous podcast about there's a chart that shows which media is left, which media is right, and which media is in the center. 
And this gets, this is evaluated, the opinions on where the media outlets sit is given by polls of people. It's not, you know, it's legitimate. People vote on, well, you know, CNN is more left and Fox is more right and stuff like that. And, and those opinions change, they redo it every year. And you should have at least one or two news sources that are considered in the middle, centrist. And there's more, to me, more broadcast media that is reasonable than stuff on like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. There are so many crazy people. I mean, because they have access. I mean, you and I can't get on NBC News and make up a story. But we can get on Facebook and make up a story. But NBC so, News can make up their own story. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. They can. But the point is you you have to find multiple resources for news and put them together and decide what the consensus that's, is. I, I think that's the real answer, which we've said before, is go to multiple sources, even sources that you do not agree with or like, and try to get the best version. You'll never have the full truth, but try to get the best version you can of what makes sense and what doesn't seem like bullshit. Or you could have some litigation that maybe puts a little bit more pressure on. Yeah, you're getting on, into some other... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that, that's I could, there's, dude, there's a whole bunch of no, routes no, we right. could go down. Yeah, that's, that's branching so out into something else. So what, what happens if Ukraine fails and Russia succeeds and what it is that they want to do and they take over? What happens then? Good question. Well, that's what everybody's wondering. First of all, it becomes an insurgency. So theoretically, Russia will never be successful there because... Uh, the Ukrainians will wear them down and make them leave like Afghanistan. And invading countries doesn't work. It's been proven time right. and time again. Now, the fear of NATO is that if Russia wins in Ukraine, then they're going to keep going. And keep going means attack somebody that's in NATO. Oh, or go so, for Pol- Poland or any of these places that took yeah. refugees or... Well, the former Soviet republics like Latvia, yeah. the, those are all in NATO. So it's unknown what's going to happen. Maybe, I mean, the sanctions are very powerful. Maybe Putin will fall because their economy will collapse. And and all the power brokers that he works with will decide they've had enough. So lost too much, lost too much money. So two quick questions to that statement. So in, in light of the sanctions, you know, obviously Russia was what, an export of 40% of America's oil, if I'm not mistaken, at least from what I heard. Um, 8%. We a, import 8% of our oil from there. Okay. Which, which we stopped. Right. We stopped. And then you had, you had uh, major credit card companies like Visa and MasterCard stop uh, allowing transactions from Russia or whatever, however yeah. that works. It's been a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Man. McDonald's, Starbucks, so, all these companies right. being like, we're so not involved. Coca-Cola didn't, by the way, so, if you want to quit buying Coca-Cola. So, so Russia's eventually, they're going to do, you know, he's going to do something, right? And I know that there've been talks with China and creating their own type of credit system or whatever, what have yeah. you. So, I mean, they, he's, I don't think that he could go broke in that sense you know, to where he couldn't continue. But I guess what my second question would be, and if you want to answer both, that's fine. You don't have to. You can go with the second question. I know, you, like, with you observing Rome and seeing how they how they fell or just seeing empires build themselves, if that's what Russia's trying to do and they do take over Ukraine, and like you said, he'd want to do more, what instances in history have you seen things like this happen before? And how successful was it? I know there have been some pretty big empires, but it, I guess what I'm asking is, could an empire succeed and thrive in today's type of environment? 
Uh, it's, it's hard to answer, Paul, because the world today is mostly democracies. And this is the only time in history that's ever been like that. I mean, for from the time of Mesopotamia, which is like 3,500 BC until like 1850, the world was run by kings and queens. There were monarchies, which are basically dictatorships. There were no democracies until the Enlightenment. So, you know, and the kings and queens fought each other. France fought England and England fought Germany and Germany fought Italy and all that because it was all about power, accumulating power. It was the same thing as Putin, basically. So it repeats, I think it's it's repeated itself cyclically throughout history. This is a little different now because of the democracy thing. Because that's why all the countries of the West have united about the sanctions. Everybody got on board real quick because they see it all as a threat to freedom. So what I don't like, what I don't like about what I agree with the sanctions, but what I don't agree with is the fact that now every all the all the politicians or all of the left leaning politicians, or whatever, or even Biden for this sake, is saying that the rise, the the recent insurgent, or the reason the damn I cannot talk. The reason gas prices are so high is because of what's happening in Russia, and I don't necessarily yeah, agree, agree with blaming. When this has been going on, but even before the war, you know what I'm saying. I know that this oh, is yeah. a hot topic. That's, that's, uh, that's we could have a whole conversation. That's yeah. a different podcast. That's a strategy he he has to use because it's mostly gone up before the war, right? So, so I mean, he's trying to use that as a cover story for inflation. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very true. Which is a different so, podcast. So, uh, sorry, real quick. So, if if it ends up being so, let's say that you know Ukraine falls. Russia gets it. Does this entice China to take over Taiwan? Because I feel like that's an inevitable when they're going to eventually. Everybody keeps talking about that. It's hard to know. Maybe China is now less interested in taking over Taiwan because they see the sanctions against Russia. Maybe they don't want the, that. I mean, Putin is basically a pariah in the world. Every the, Everybody in the world hates him except Cuba, China, and North Korea. I mean, what kind of position is that? You know, to enjoy. But you're right. Even China's probably even China's probably smart enough to realize like they have to outweigh the 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 pros versus cons. And they're like, hey, look what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And if we tried to take over Taiwan and all these sanctions hit us and all this different stuff happens and our economy falls, is what we would be gaining by having Taiwan even worth it? This is what I've been this is what I've said before in in previous times is that there probably won't be another World War III because we are so connected globally and, like, like for these kind of reasons. So I want to ask your opinion on, on this, Mike, whether or not this will, like, do you think it's going to expand or do you have, like, what my opinion is, is to where, like, for those kind of reasons, because other countries can see this, how interconnected we are, everybody's reliant on everybody else. No, nobody's independent. It's it's actually it's actually a really beautiful thing because that's how humans are. Nobody's self made or anything like that. There's not enough resources in China. Every, for everybody them to relies this. everybody relies on other human beings to to survive, and it's kind of just I know that's my hippie my hippie moment. No, for, 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 no that's right though. For, for that's the right. Night. But every, everybody's interconnected. Everybody relies on everybody else. Nobody's self made. Um, that this this will prevent that, and because we're so globally connected, we've only become more connected throughout time. 
that there won't be like, yes, what's happening is terrible. The war that's happening between Ukraine and Russia is terrible, but it won't end up being another World War Three. Well, it depends on whether Putin's crazy or not. Which he's I mean, obviously insane. Right. If he, but to if what degree? Yeah, to no, what but, degree? What, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. but to what degree? Right. If he's a fanatical, I mean, this reminds me so much of Hitler because Hitler did the same thing. No, you, you, it very much exactly. has that feel. It what, very much has that feel to it. So something I've never understood, and I'm, I'm kind of digressing a little bit from the podcast but or from the main topic, but something that I've never understood, and it's probably got to deal with brainwashing and nationalism and patriotism and stuff, but why is it that militaries don't just turn around and say no? Like, with what happened with Hitler and with what's happening right now with Putin, like... Do you reach a breaking point where it backfires and Russia Russia says no, this isn't happening and overthrows him? Like, why does he have the full military support? Why are there not people in the military, high up people in the military, generals, whatever, being like, no, we can't do this? Like, is there not people with a soul? <laughs> I don't. I just never. This it, is more of a rhetorical question because I don't think it can be answered. It's even interesting in the way that you word it, which I find funny because we're not saying country, we're not saying Russia's. Like, like Russia so much. It's Putin. It's yeah, one yeah, yeah. individual. It's not like, oh, the United States is going to Af Afghan. It, it's very much like just this one individual, which he's probably just the face to the whole thing. So but a group of even, it, a group of individuals. Like, like we don't even recognize him representing Russia almost so much. It, it's just this one. There's plenty of Russian people against him. Yeah, there's this one mad individual that's doing all this. It's not a country that's doing this. Right. You know, it, it's yes, it's a weird thing. Weird thing. Yeah, that's all I had on it, though. Like I said, it was kind of rhetorical because no, no, I don't I think agree. it has an answer. No, that's always boggled me too, Mike. And I, I think Johnny was asking if you if you it, you had any type of throughout human history, people they always follow. Like a majority of people are followers, and whatever <clears throat> whatever instructions they have, like they're going to be order followers. I mean, we're sheep in a, in a sense to where we're oh, just going to yeah. we're going to go into the Nas nationalism and patriotism brainwashing is pretty strong. And it I know is, that yeah. there's some people out there who are going to take that the wrong way. Because of America, but I mean, I'm not talking about. There is that in America as well. Oh, do not get me sure. wrong, but that's not what I'm talking. I just mean a general statement for anywhere in the world. The power of nationalism and patriot pride can be a detriment at some points when it goes too far. Well, it did in Germany. That's exactly exactly. But I mean, when you, when you go in the military, like if you're going to be a marine and you graduate as a marine, you're very patriotic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's instilled in you, and the people that go through that are selected out. So, I mean, those are the people. They're not going to turn. I mean, sometimes I think about would the U.S. military ever turn on the administration, on the government? And I don't, we have a very passive military in that sense, that that they follow orders. We've kind of – we've kind of – this sounds so bad, and I'm not insulting troops in any way, so don't take this the wrong way. But they do a, I would say that they do a good job of weeding out the critical thinkers who are thinking in that way. And I don't want to say that there's not critical thinkers in the military. I don't mean it like that. But they're I think in the Air Force. They're, they're sitting back behind computers. It, I, mil, Air Force is part of the military. Thank you. I, but, I know, but but not like yeah. not like frontline. What you're talking about is like what I, no, not even just frontline. Just everything. I think that they, as you try to progress, it'd be like if you were to try to get into politics, Paul. 
if you had a, if you were a good moral person with values and tried to move up through politics, they would weed you out and you would not be able to move up. Right. And I think that that probably that same thing, this is all just grain of salt, just talking out of my ass right now. But I think that that probably happens as well with the military when there, there's no people in the higher up places of power in the military that have those thoughts of, Hey, maybe this isn't the right thing. It's gotta be. I mean, I feel like there are people out there, but majority, I mean, Hitler's generals tried to kill him more, more than once. And it's because they felt he was going to destroy Germany and they weren't willing to put up with that. But unfortunately (laughs) they failed. Do do you think Putin lives throughout this whole thing? Like he actually makes, because obviously like how I see it, if I had to predict predict it, uh, eventually you'd have to go to court. What's that called? What's what's the court called? World court, the World Court. It's in Nether, the Netherlands. Oh, uh, okay, okay, right. yeah, neutral, neutral spot. That makes sense. I thought it was called something. What what was where the Germans got tried? You're talking about the Nuremberg trials. Yeah, the, Nuremberg. The Nuremberg. There, there, there you go. That that's what I was trying to think of. But I don't even see him making it to 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 even like like trial. war crimes and that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I don't even well, think he, he gets tried. He, he either can be put either on trial he, if he's not there. Yeah, but too. Uh, well, that's true because the whole thing needs to get resolved because the world wants answers or um, retribution or whatever. I'm probably saying wrong words with that. But no, I don't even see him making it to to that. He either does what Hitler did and he takes his own life at some point or he gets taken out. I I, I don't see it. You know, I, I get it. He's KGB and, and he knows how to, you know, survive, which is, you know, going through that process. He's also taken out a bunch of people, too. So he yeah. knows he knows the process. <laughs> that guy, I'm sure he has a food taster every time he sits it's down. It's not like he's meal. an idiot. The guy is obviously you a know, smart yeah. guy when you're talking yeah, no, he, purely he's, like he's not stupid. When it when it comes to actually really bad things, he's he's intelligent at, which no human being should be. I wouldn't want to live his life. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. You couldn't. And, you have a moral code that you live by. That's... Yeah, but any anyway, my, my prediction is he doesn't even make it to any kind of like Nuremberg style trial. Like he either takes his own life or this this guy's taken out within. I'd give it like six months. That that's my prediction on on the whole well, thing. I don't, he'll he'll never be in court most likely. Um, so you're right about that. I don't know how long he can last. It depends on the impact of the economic sanctions and hitting the country hard enough that the people in power there decide they want to stop that. You know, because we're, we're laying it out in the news, if you stop the war, we'll stop the sanctions. That's why the sanctions are there, to get them to stop. Another thing that you have to think about, and I just mean this to the general American public, is that everything we're hearing, I, can, I don't know for a fact, but I can almost guarantee you that that is not what is being talked about in Russia. You know what I mean? Like there's like like we have our own propaganda that's fed to us. They have their level of propaganda. So, you know, we're like you can't ask the question like that I literally asked earlier of why don't Russians just turn around and fight against him? Well, because what they're being fed is is different than what we see. Like you mentioned earlier about the whole Ukraine welcoming welcoming them with open arms and talking about how, oh, Ukraine attacked us first and all that. Like the propaganda is there for, if that, I mean, I don't even know, I can't say any more on that, if that makes sense. Like, 
Well, they, they don't have an open society and they don't have a free press. So only the government has the news. That's what I'm saying. They're, they get to write the story. Like the government gets to say what is happening. But they're still labeled as a democracy though, right? No. Because no, I thought Putin got voted in. Like, put in quotation yeah, marks. Yeah, like 90% of the vote, but it's all rigged. It's no, but, a, that, but that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying on paper, what are yeah, they actually? No, no, on paper, I'm pretty sure they're still or, or a republic. Are they a republic on paper? Don't know the answer to that. I mean, the closest thing they are to is not a government type, but it's basically a gangster. I think on I mean, paper, I think on paper, I'm just curious what they're. I'm going to look own. it up. I'm pretty sure on paper they are a democratic socialist republic. I'm pretty sure that's what they are on like technical terms. Right. Okay, all right. Curious on that. But that isn't really that. Yeah, no, it's not real. It's not real. No, I'm just anything. saying, like on yeah. I, which is what I think you were asking is like, what are they on paper technically? Yeah, I, I gave I gave my prediction. I th- I think Putin's not even meeting trial within six months, and this whole thing's done within like like six months because of. Oh wait, this this is what I wanted to say before I say that. This is what's also really sad is we view too much, uh, not so much in loss of human life, which I know that these two are interconnected. But in that this sounds poorly, but. You attack them economically first, and it doesn't federal, matter about like, federal demo, federal democratic republic is what they are on paper. Okay, right. This this is what also bothers me is we view so much of like man attack an economy, and that's how you change shit between countries and warfare, and right. it's not about lives lost. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Money. It where where it's so money driven, like that. That's how you win a war, like like nowadays. It's coming in and you. You ruin their economy. You trash them. Eventually, you piss off the people who had more money than Putin, taking him out. Whatever it is, that's so stupid. It's like lives. Like lives matter so much. Once again, the hippie coming out of me right now, who also believes in no, every person should. Which own is exactly. Which hold up. The, but but into your statement that lives matter is exactly the reason why it's actually a good thing that, like playing devil's advocate, it's a good thing that that's how people can be taken out is through economic means. I was just going to say that because if you, if you take if you use economic sanctions to destroy an economy, you're not killing anybody. I mean, I mean, people will die. Direct, people will die. Yes, yes, but you're not killing physically killing them. Yeah, nowhere on the nowhere on the level of so actual that, warfare. But, but, but do you know what I mean? Like you're talking about numbers on a computer, and that's that's what does it out. But oh man, the lives lost here, like that didn't matter so much. It happened on this weird mathematical thing that a bunch of human beings have agreed on that this is the math of what and resource based things. You know, like, kind of, like I get what from. you're saying. It's kind of fucked. No, that, so that, I guess that's, so that's all I wanted to get so, at so like this, from, this, from that. This stems to a good question right here. And is is it like the World Economic Forum and the New World Order? Is, is that an, an inevitable or is it necessary? Because if not, you'll continuously have war. And I'm not saying I want a New World Order or the Economic Forum to you know, by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy type of shit. I'm not, I'm not advocating George for that. George Bush in the least. Senior. Right. But what I, but what, Which we've kind of already <laughs> got that going on. But without a, a type of one world government, this is always going to happen, is it not? Well, I am very opposed to globalism. And I want to write, one of my future books is going to be about it. What I'm opposed to is the fact that if you create one economy, let's say, um, 
the, that economy is not responsible to the people. Like right now, there are hundreds of organizations around the world, like the World Bank. The World Bank has a lot to do with how cash is moved around the world and who gets it and all that stuff. That's not regulated by anything. There's no SEC. It's not part of our country. So there, there's a term called NGO, non-government organization. There are thousands of them around the world that are involved with the economies of different countries. Many countries are connected between them and they operate without control. And see globalism, I mean, you guys know this, globalism is the cause of the loss of, of status of the middle class in the United States. Because when our corporations went global, they, they, they started hiring people in the countries where you could pay them the least money. Mm -hmm. And so we transferred all that labor around the world and our people lost their jobs. So, so then that created, that's, you know, Trump, the strongest Trump advocates are the people who feel disadvantaged that their government doesn't do anything for them and they are stuck with meaningless jobs and they have no control over their lives. So they saw him as a savior and as in a solution to that. Maybe that's why he got voted in because I agreed with everything you said. I was not a Trump supporter, but I agree with everything you just said, but I would. The other thing is, I mean, Trump, you know, Trump's philosophy was America first. And that can be an arrogant statement in the sense, if you, you know, piss off everybody else and, and only do things for yourself. I mean, you have to deal with other people. You have to negotiate and you have to have relationship with other people. But when, you know, they, they talk about one of the things they accuse Trump of being a, well, um, I mean, they accuse him of being a dictatorial or authoritarian like Hitler or whatever. Um, the, the thing about globalism, as I said, is that it removes control of laws and behavior from the society. So in America, we can control what our government does, theoretically, by voting. <laughs> but nobody can control the World Bank except other corporations and rich people. So if the World Bank does something like kills people, Nobody can do, do anything about it. So, you know, Trump, Trump's, you know, America first thing was to try and bring back the society and the country as a unit. You know, we shouldn't be all devolving into a world government. We should, we're Americans and we should take care of America's problems. Just like, the English should take care of their problems and the French and the Germans and the Italians and all that. So, Mike, going off that, and I'm once again digressing just a something else. I, I, I don't want to go too far. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, what it's going to go. Through. I'm going to be real, real brief with this because I, I think we've done a good job of focusing on this on Russia and Ukraine because a lot of our podcasts kind of go off the rails and we talk about other stuff. And I don't want to rehash a million things we've talked about before. So, trying to stay on topic, but briefly, briefly branching off. Going by that logic of you just said, which I agree with, I 100% agree with, going by that logic of how globalism is bad and those kind of things, in the same way, 
couldn't you say that us as a nation, as America, being as big as we are, is just a smaller version of that? Like, the same rules apply. We are, take, take your, um, your outlook on globalism. Pretend that the rest of the world doesn't matter, and we're already doing that with America. There are not enough state rights. There are not, like, we're too big. I keep saying that, and I know that some yeah. people agree, some people disagree, but, like, when you, when you take everything out of the picture and you just focus on America, we're already at that kind of globalist thing but, just with America. But, you can't control or get 370 scope, million people. Exactly. narrowing the scope. Like, zoom in the microscope a little bit. You can't, you can't, 370 million is still too many for people to agree. You really need, yeah, there's some economy things that has to be established. You want libertarians here, Mike, man. You want, you want trade to, you want trade to work between Missouri and Tennessee. I don't, I I don't agree with you in the fact that I I agree with the fact that every country has their own type of globalism, if that's the way you want to look at it. But there are a lot of countries out there. And what I think what Mike and I are saying is, if you boil that all into one, uh, the world is one country. Okay. Like that's some deep shit. Okay, man. what I'm no, saying, that's, though, that's hold up, hold up, that's, that's the worst thing though. that could yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. ever happen. Hear, hear me out, real quick, real quick, for a moment, hypothetical. Pretend that no other country exists in the world. It's just America, right? Sure. You're already at that. Now you just replace countries with but states. So we're not though. We are though. No, we're not. We are. We are like that as there's America. No, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to be an American. If I'm not saying there's real. anything right, wrong right. with wanting to be an American. I'm saying I just that, don't, I don't understand no, what you're saying, man. Because dude, there's, follows, so many, no, there's, listen, so, there's so then, many. Countries. Then let me finish talking. Let me finish talking. I've, I've heard it. Following the exact same logic that both of you just used, a globalist thing is bad because you can't get everybody on the same page, and it's unfair, and there's not right. freedom in that. In the same sense. America is too big and you can't get everybody on the same page. You run into tribalism. You run into all these issues. States almost need to be like separate countries. Yeah, no, It's I, the same logic. It follows regardless of size. I'm curious what you have to say about that. Ooh, one. hot topic. Well, I'm, um, this, this is a going on a sidebar, but I just have a couple of comments. One is I agree that states have lost much of the power they had at original founding of the country absolutely because the country has become centralized with this bloated huge federal government yeah states should have more control than they have had lately now ironically with tribalism tribalism is creating red and blue states so it is giving them more power because the blue states are people uh Left-leaning people are moving to blue states and making them more blue, and red uh, conservatives are moving to red states and making them more red. And I mean, if you look at the laws passed in red states versus blue states, they're very different. But the blue states are, are tax very high taxes because they're more welfare, left-oriented services for people, and all that. And the, the red states are more freedom. You know, don't wear a mask and that kind of stuff. So. In, in an ironic sense, the states are getting more powerful because of tribalism. But we're still, and I no, I, that's that makes sense, and I agree with that. We're still on a yes. federal level, though. We have federal rules to follow, which yes. means that if you we have so you talk about the separate between there's blue states and there's red states, right? But right now we have a blue president, so technically blue, technically blue rules over all of those right now. 
red or blue states. Not necessarily. Blue, but well, but yes. Senate, that, that's why you have the, the checks and balances. I, I, I guess, yeah. and once again, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I get, I get, you get what I'm saying. I get the logic of, you take the logic of globalism you can apply and it. tone it down. The exact same logic applies. It's the same thing I mentioned a long time ago where I talked about there's a difference between three people living in a house yeah, no, no, I know. and 800 people it, living in no, a house. I, I, I agree. No, I absolutely agree with you. So it's and, just and where do you draw that line? Too much power. The federal government the, definitely has if, too much if power. If you really get down to it, but once again, it's yes. just like you have three libertarians sitting at a table right now. Yeah. Of course, we're all going to agree on that. that I think feel like the federal government has too to, much power. You have to have some you type know, of unbiased we're counsel. We're proud Missourians here. I guess, yeah, I wasn't trying to start an argument. I actually wasn't even trying to start a discussion. I just appreciate appreciate what Mike said about globalism because it made me think of that in the same way for a federalism kind of thing, because it's very similar. It follows the same lines. There's another aspect to this that I'm sure you guys will agree with. And that is that globalism started when, and I think mostly American corporations, but Western Europe would be included, started opening up plant plants and services and, hiring workers around the world. So they were the first globalists. You know, when Procter and Gamble opened up in every country and Wendy's is in McDonald's are in every country and that that's the beginnings of globalism. And unfortunately that influences our federal government. Mm-hmm. So our federal government does things to help the companies that are in our country. Which in turn do- helps globalism. Right, right. But we want our country or companies in Ukraine to do well. Mm-hmm. So that unfortunately, that's part of the reason why we take political stance on countries. And that's because we have economic interests aside from political interests. And another so. frustration that I have is that exactly, that's exactly it is you're more worried about the company, the business, the money than actual people who live I, I in think, that country. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that all of a sudden now, now you're getting off on, on some stupid stuff that, that I don't call me a hippie or whatever, but I, I believe in people and in money's just a number. Like it, yeah, like it I'm really, right there with it you, man. really is on, on that. At least, at least for me, that that's what right, frustrates don't, me. Don't forget ever since uh, society began, which was about 4,000 BC when agriculture started, because you, we've talked about this mm-hmm. before agriculture, man was a nomadic species mm-hmm. move from place to place to find food, blah, 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 small groups, 50 to 150 people. Then when agriculture started, you could grow crops in a very small area and feed large groups. So towns and cities formed and societies formed and land, land ownership made you wealthy and people became powerful. And there's a, social divide by wealth. And ever since then, some segment of every society pursues power and wealth because that's the way they think. And power and wealth always drives everything. Mike, this is this is exactly it's a it's a human behavior. This is exactly why I love the podcast that you're on, why I like having Mike on is because you put a different, not a spin, that's the wrong word. You don't put a different spin. You have a different outlook that makes me see stuff differently. It makes me better explain my own ideals of stuff like you talking about 150 people and all this, and I'm thinking to myself, and man, I'm getting way out of the Russia and Ukraine thing, and I know we're running out of time, but it makes me think to myself, once again, like, do you need, like, man, name 150 people you know. 
Can't do it. I, I like, can, name I can, 150 people that you, Jesse Westbrook, know. No, I, I know like so 12 why, people. So why do you need more than that? Why should there be someone ruling over 370 million people? Why should there be someone ruling over 3 million people? Why should there... Like, I'm not saying we should go back to nomadic ways and all this because that does cause, uh, once again, more war between tribes and stuff like that. But in general, like, look out for your... Like, I'm way branching off from Russia and Ukraine, so I'll close this it's up fine. real quick. It's fine. Look, look out for the people you know. Obviously, give a shit about other people. But in general, like... Your small circle, the internet has like broadened us out to everything that's in the world. But the truth is, I'm never going to meet the person in Ukraine. I'm not saying I don't care about them and that there shouldn't be war there. But I'm never going to meet them. I'm never, they're not part of my like social circle. It doesn't mean that I think that bad things should happen to them. I'm just saying when it comes to like a governing force over us, I'm never going to meet Biden or Trump. And I have no desire to. I don't need to. What I want to be governed by is my city. And not even at that scale, but I'll st- but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I want the people around me to govern each other. You know, the local police force shouldn't be privatized and shouldn't be a corporation. It should be. I'm I'm gonna stop because I could go so much yeah, further. No, yeah, you you really yeah. But you guys get what I'm saying though, right? Like I'm I'm gonna stop because that's a different podcast entirely. Yeah. But I'm gonna try and summarize what you said because I p- believe in the same thing very strongly. I think every person has to have two parts of their life the kind of public part and the private part. Because when the public part, when things happen in the public part that you don't like, you still have the private part. Exactly. I use a ridiculous example. Um, You know, the Chiefs got beat by Cincinnati. And and you guys are enormous Chief fans. And you were very upset and all that. But then you, you turn to your private part. You've got your family. You've got your job. You've got your friends and stuff. And that is more important, actually. And so you, if you have a strong private part, you go to, I always find myself when a bad thing happens, like like this war thing. I just, I mean, I'm interested in what's happening and why it happened. And then I get tired of hearing about it because I understand it. And, I, and then it gets depressing because it's like awful. And I just think about my private part you know, my friends and, and enjoying the private part, which you control and you're closer to and is more, I mean, your life is about 80 to 90% your private part and 10% all this other junk, all the news and all that kind of stuff, because it doesn't influence you directly most of the time, you know, so value the, the private part and, I want to make so many sexual jokes right now. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though, Mike. Yeah. I 100% agree. And that's, yeah, that's the, pers- the pe- personal part. Yeah, people, personal yeah, no, yeah, no, people no. lose sight of that. We yeah. truly do. We, and it's easy to lose sight of that with the type of env- environment that we're put into. Yeah. In the education they system. Make it, that they we're make it of, yeah. easy to lose sight of that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we forget. And I think the hippiness would come out of the majority of the population and satisfy Jesse's hippiness needs. If we all no, did we're an we aperture through which the universe is expressing itself. Yeah, is what we all are, and you need to enjoy that that portion of it. Yeah. you know, hundred percent. Well, we're kind of close to the end of the hour. Uh, well, actually, I think we are. Um, so I don't know if there, anyone has any lasting thoughts because we we're about ten p.m. our time. But uh, it's been a, it's been a, always a fun time to have you on, Mike. Um, 
we won't wait so long to do it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, like I, I said I earlier, I love, I love, I love having I really Mike do. on. I really I, like the conversations we have with Mike. It's been a long let's time, do, man. Let's make a pact to do one when the war resolves. Yes, hundred percent. Like one month, two month, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Where we can say, well, you know, when we did our last podcast, we had all these questions about what would happen to Putin, what would happen to Ukraine. Then we'll know. And so we could talk about the history, looking back on it. You Ukrainians are are free from that from that bullshit, and Putin's in the ground somewhere. I'll I'll buy a bottle of champagne. I'll send you a bottle of champagne or something, man. We'll 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 celebrate that day, for sure. All right. Well, yeah, I'll definitely put in the links below where we can find all your books. I know that doesn't really apply. I mean, it does apply to the podcast, but we kind of didn't talk about really any of that. Again, it plays into what's happening right now. But anywho, I'm going to let people know who Mike Anderson is and where they can find you. Um, you're still doing the – did you start your own podcast? You did. I've done, I've done two. But okay. I've been very busy and haven't done any more since. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, either way, I'm going to – like I said, people are going to be able to find you on Amazon, all that good stuff. Mike, thanks for joining Talk Junkies, okay. man. It's always a pleasure to have you on. All right. See you later. See you, Mike. Have a good night, Mike. Love you, Mike. Yeah. Have a good one. Yep. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Anderson. Always a pleasure to have him on. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed the video. Um, I don't know if you guys have any lasting thoughts, but a good podcast. This has got to get flagged, right? Like, something had uh, to have been no, said. I don't think so. No, flagged. I don't think so. I don't think okay. so either. I just never know with YouTube anymore. Like, I don't know what I can and can't say. There's going to be That's a fair. point where we're like, not going like to be on YouTube anymore, man. I'm about done with, like, with like YouTube. It's, so. Like, it's weird. Like, I can't be myself. Like, I got to step on eggshells with, yeah. with a platform, you know, about what I can say as an individual. Well, there's in been tons opinion. of stuff that I can't say in the past <laughs> podcast. So, like That's for another one, but... Yeah, there's going to be a point where we're not. I mean, we're getting more viewers uh, through Anchor than we are on YouTube right now. Was it, so was that's it through through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it, all that stuff. Was it like four years ago whenever we had Mike Anderson on for the first time? No. With, with the so three? Our four-year anniversary was last week, actually. Or a week, two oh, weeks okay. ago. Yeah. But so, so right around that. Because Mike Anderson came on pretty quick after that. He mm. was our, he was our first guest. It, yeah, it was a solid our, like six months or so. Yeah, we when you and I did quite a few podcasts before it's we coming had up to him. Yeah. And then up to it. no, because you guys did you guys did like a solid six months of podcasts. Yeah, before we and had then a guest. I came on. No, no, we had Mike Jesse and I had Mike Anderson on before you joined. No, we I was did. here for the first Mike Anderson. Oh yeah, podcast. that's right, that's true. You're right, you're right. Yeah. You guys did it for a solid six months. Yeah. before I came on. Yeah, as a regular. Mm-hmm. And then it was a couple of months after I was on that we had that we had Mike on because he was our very first guest. So, Remember, okay. I texted you guys, said, "Hey, huh. man, I got this guy." That's good. Unless Crow was on before him, he might have been. I can't remember, but don't no, we yeah. definitely had Mike Anderson on before. I don't, I don't know. know. Crow I think Crow on. was our first, but yeah. either way, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. Anywho, if you guys like this video, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the bell notification, send it to every contact in your phone. So your mom, your brother, your sister, your dad, your fucking grandpa, grandma, aunt, and uncle, see this video. Paul's and, mom. She's probably in your phone. She's in mine. Yeah. Wolflow, Bobby, Will, whoever's listening to this podcast, we always appreciate it as always. Looking for those comments. Stay fly. And ring the bell. <laughs> I love how you threw Jesse a loop ball, as always. Yeah. And then he starts, and you're like, looking for those comments. No, I love Mike though. I do too. I love, uh, yeah. It's always fun.